Hello and welcome to the Brain Care Podcast, a practical and impactful series of snappy episodes on how to optimize your mental health and performance so you can reach your full potential. My name is Dan Murray-Serta, and I'm the co-founder at Heights. We make smart supplements and clever content with the world's leading experts to help you take care of your brain so it can take care of you. Dr. Doty is back from our interview recorded just before he was going into perform neurosurgery at Stanford University. But first, he wanted to stop by and share his thoughts on the science of manifestation. So over to Dr. Doty. As you know, our chief science officer, Dr. Tara Swart, who kicked off our working in series, I introduced you to because you are researching a book in the space and you'd wanted to chat to her. So I think the audience is already familiar with the high level um, but it's actually not something we talked about in her work in. So I'd love you to take us through neuroplasticity and manifestation. Off you go. Sure. Well, the extraordinary thing is that, and I was talking about our own internal power to change things. And in some ways that has to do not only with neuroplasticity, but actually the plasticity of our body. We can overcome and heal so many things. But specifically in regard to what you're saying is the lesson that this woman in this magic shop, one of the last lessons she taught me, and her name was Ruth, was how do you manifest your intention? And one of the things she taught me was actually utilizing every technique of our senses to make a list of what we wanted, to read it aloud, so you hear it, to use your eyes to read it and input it, then to actually Put yourself in the mindset that you have accomplished that. How would you feel? What would that look like? The interesting thing is that uh, we as a species have, based on all of our sensory input, have about 3 million bits per second coming in. We are only able to process 50 to 100, so we ignore tons of stuff. It is the ignoring that results in us not taking advantage of certain opportunities or manifesting things sometimes. What do I mean by that? As an example, if you were at a party and you heard your name spoken of, even far across the room, you would immediately turn, okay? I have patients who come to see me and I'll tell them a diagnosis and they'll say, that's amazing, doctor. I've never heard of that before. I'll see them two months later and they'll say, that's amazing. And I've run into five people who have the same thing I have. Well, why is that? Because it's been placed in their subconscious and now they're attuned. They're, out of that 50 to 100, one of those is attuned to things that might relate, connect to, or cause you to turn. And that's one of the best ways you can manifest. That's the technique I just mentioned of writing it, doing it, is to get it into your subconscious mind. So it sits there, and then all these things are happening around you, which you were ignoring, but once it's there, you are attuned to it. You know, the other thing that we can see as an example, to show you how powerful we are, uh, you know, of course, probably Wim Hof, the uh, fellow who does the breeding and he walks around in the ice. That's an incredible mental practice he's developed that is aligned with his own genetics on some level because he is so far above so many people. But it's what monks do, right? A monk can change their body temperature. They can change their heart rate. I can do that uh, myself because I spent years practicing. We just have to understand that that power is truly in us to manifest these things. Another example is the placebo effect, right? 
you can give someone a medication if they believe it's going to have an effect on their blood pressure. In a remarkably high percentage of cases, it will. And again, how is that any different than you simply telling yourself that? The difference is you have to believe. And uh, once you're able to get access to that, to believe these things, to visualize them, what happens is that, again, as the example of the somebody who has a newly diagnosed condition, you start running across people because you're much more attuned to what is happening around you. And I think that's one of the most important things uh, about manifestation. Uh, the other reality, and one of the things I've certainly learned is sometimes we have a tendency to dismiss people who we think aren't that important. I'm sure you've probably been to a party, maybe not you because you're very important and good looking, but- uh, I've never been to a party, I thought you were gonna say. <laughs> never invited, you've crashed yeah, several. Exactly, exactly, yeah. No, but have you ever been to a party and somebody walks up to you and you're, you shake their hand, but they're actually looking over your shoulder at somebody else because you're not really that important in their mind. It's a horrible feeling to have actually. I tell people some of the greatest experiences, some of the greatest opportunities I've had is being the same with everyone. Because, you know, there are people who may be in the most humble position, who have some of the most incredible wisdom, and also people who you discard or take for granted, who actually have extraordinary connections you can't even imagine. And so, so many things in my life have happened because, and it gets back to the alphabet of the heart, recognizing the dignity of every per person, having humility and being there regardless. And I think that's a very, very important lesson for all of us to get what we want, but also to connect. And again, uh, some of the greatest gifts I have been given is because I reached out and was kind to somebody. And, you know, it's interesting because I, I always talk about, um, you know, people ask me what my belief system or principles are. And I say that I'm spiritual and I actually just believe in serendipity. That's a very similar, the way you just described it is basically how I would describe serendipity, which is totally to be there present in the moment and believe in the worthiness of the moment you're having with someone else and believing that that can create magic for the rest of your life. That is ultimately what I mean by creating serendipity. It's just having the total confidence that that moment is special. And you have to have an openness, right? You were mentioning that you're spiritual. You know, people ask me what my religious belief is, and, it's, and I usually use the Dalai Lama quote, my religion is compassion, but I'm an atheist. What's interesting though, is there probably uh, no one else in the world who has relationships with more spiritual and religious leaders than I do, living ones, uh, whether Sri Sri Ravi Shankar, Sadhguru, the Dalai Lama, Desmond Tutu, the Pope, etc. And people say, well, how's that even possible that you seem to connect with these people? And the reason is an evolved spiritual being, the dogma is no longer relevant. The only thing these individuals are interested in and that they can intuit in a microsecond is whether you have an open heart, whether you care, whether you give love. And if you can walk in the world in that place, you will be pretty much accepted almost everywhere and immediately held in high honor and loved. 
And actually, to that point, I'm assuming, you know, manifesting that you want to meet the Pope is a pointless, a pointless reality. You're better off manifesting to be kind and compassionate to all, and it's more likely to get you to that other end goal. Well, and that's exactly right. You know, you hear people say, well, I want to have money and I want to have this. And the thing is, if you lead a life of compassion and caring, usually you will be able to thrive and maximize your potential. When it's all about attachment to a goal, this is what typically creates uh, unhappiness. It's attachment and not getting what you want. The goal is wonderful. It's attachment to the outcome that creates problems. You know, it's also having, trying to avoid acceptance of reality. As an example, the pandemic, you know, running around, trying to push it away and think it doesn't exist creates heartache. When you finally accept it, it is the way it is. We're going to be in shelter in place. Then things change because once you're accepting, then you can deal with it. As long as you're pushing it away, you haven't accepted it. And that causes a lot of unhappiness. So it's sort of, in some ways, it's the attachment. In some ways, it's resistance. But it's two sides of the same coin. Okay, so can you, uh, to wrap this up before we go to questions, can you give us your top three tips then for uh, cultivating and manifesting a neuroplastic brain? Having a clear set of intentions, using all of your senses to remind yourself of what they are at least once or twice a day, uh, having an openness and leading a life of compassion and caring because more people will reach out to you and help you when they sense you actually care versus wanting something from them. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Brain Care Podcast. Don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and follow us at your heights on Instagram and Twitter for daily doses of brain care. If you want to know more about how healthy your brain is, you can head to yourheights.com forward slash brain health to get your free score from one to 100. See you next time.